0: Welcome to the Best View in Town podcast with Nathan Wesley Smith and friends. I'm Justin Porter, and I'm here today with my friend Nathan. Nathan, how are you doing today?
1: Dude, I'm doing great, Justin. I'm really excited. I've got a very good friend that's joining us today, a guy that you've met before, you spent a little time with. Yeah. But my friend Scott Volk is joining us, and Scott is an absolute delight in every sense of the word. Uh, not only is he a great friend, but I love what he's about, and uh, he runs a great ministry. He's got an incredible family. Mm-hmm. Um, he and his wife Beth, they're kids. They, they're amazing people, do amazing things. And he's sharing some thoughts on hospitality today that I am jealous for people to hear about. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I've had the chance to spend time with Scott several times over the years. And for those that do not know, Scott leads a ministry called Together for Israel. And you can learn more about this work at togetherforisrael.org. And today, Scott has some revelation on how to treat people, why it's important. And today, we're going to listen to a conversation between Scott and Nathan centered around some thoughts on how we can better implement these ideas in our lives. So we're going to go to that conversation now. Well, I am super excited.
1: My buddy, Scott Volk, is here. And Scott, this is way too much fun, man. Thank you for doing the podcast with me. Bro,
2: I am so blessed to be here. Thanks for having me. There's nothing that I can think of that would be more exciting than doing a podcast with you. Well, we've got to do a few. Yeah, we have.
1: And they're all yours, which are great. So, tell us about your podcast real quick. I want people to know how that Very, play. very
2: quickly. It's yeah. called Portions. Yes. You can go to togetherforisrael.org or our Together for Israel app. We have a free podcast every week that comes out that goes over the teachings of the Torah That the scriptures that are being read in synagogues around the world, we kind of take those scriptures and talk about what they mean for us as believers in the Jewish Messiah today.
1: Man, it's so fun. And you had a very special guest to kick your podcast off, if I remember. My
2: very first podcast was Nathan Wesley Smith. And dude, I will never forget it. And
1: tens of people tuned in to that.
2: Well, at tens. least to my mother and your mother. Yeah, that's right. That's true. So, And then maybe some friends. So tens of people. That's, that's right. Yeah. Tens of people.
1: Man, no, it's an excellent podcast. And I so love um, that we've gotten to do it. But bro, thank you for doing this with me. I've known you now for 15 plus years, something like that. And uh, something that I wanted to have you to share about on uh, this episode is Specifically was related to hospitality, mm. because man, first of all, you and your family are some of the most hospitable people I've ever been around, and I'm not saying that for the sake of this well, recording. You, uh, and people who know you they're all nodding their heads. I can see them in my mind's eye, listening, they're nodding their heads, because uh, if they know, you know that they know this is true. That comes from somewhere. There's a revelation. There's some. There's something um,
2: in your life that's helped you get this idea. And I'd love to have you share about it some. My journey on hospitality actually was observing my parents who had very, very little. We actually, my dad was a successful stockbroker in New York and Connecticut. We moved on to a Christian community in northern Minnesota where we lived in a trailer house 12 feet wide 58 or 68 feet long. It was this metal box. But Nathan, I don't remember a day where it was just our family sitting for a meal at dinner. Never. I hardly remember a time when it was just our family living there. My parents actually built an addition onto the house. Uh, onto the trailer, I should say, so that people who had had needs could come and stay with us. So although it was ingrained inside of me, I remember sitting down with my parents when I was a teenager saying, listen, you don't have to always say yes to people who need a place to go. And they kind of looked at me like, Scotty, one day you're going to understand. I'm tired of sharing the couch with everybody. Yeah, right. (laughs) One day you're going to understand. Well, little did I know That when Beth and I got married, our house was going to be a very, very similar house. And my mom and dad actually laugh at me today saying that our house is far more full than their house ever was. But Nathan, it's never been this uh, thing that I felt like we had to do. Sure. It's always been a joy. But let me tell you what like, really triggered me. I was pastoring Fire Church in, in Concord, North Carolina, a number of years ago. This might have been 15 years ago. We were meeting in a YMCA, and that particular Sunday, the youth group was leading worship. And I was sitting in the front row and one of the elders of the church was sitting next to me and up on stage was my son Joe playing drums, my son John playing violin, my daughter Elisa and my daughter Emily, both of whom were singing and Elisa were, was playing keys and there were another a number of other people up there. And the guy sitting next to me, one of the elders of the church said, "'Scott, you must be so proud of your kids.'" And I just looked at him and I said, bro, this is just amazing. It really blesses my heart. And he looked at me and he said, that's the fruit of hospitality. Wow. And when he said that, I began a journey through the scriptures. Mm. Just what does the fruit of hospitality mean? And Nathan, even though I was trained by my parents, not necessarily to be hospitable, but just by watching them, and then by showing hospitality to others, not because I had to, but just that's just because of who we were. Then journeying in the scripture to look at what the fruit of hospitality is, it's kind of remarkable. And I want to encourage all of you who are listening, open up the Bible. You might not see the word hospitality too many times in the Bible. I mean, it's there. But you see the fruits of hospitality right. everywhere. Right. And I am determined, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that the fruit of hospitality is life. That everywhere you see hospitality in the scriptures, the results. Our life. And we can talk about some of these things, but just think about this for a second. Abraham and Sarah, they have no kids. He's 100, she's 90. Both of their bodies are as good as dead, according to scripture. Abraham sees three guys who he's never seen before in the heat of day as a 100 year old man. He goes running to serve these guys a meal and have them come into his tent and bless them with food and bless them with hospitality. And the result of that was one of the guys who was actually. The Lord Himself says, "This time next year, you will have a son." And it's very interesting to me that the scriptures say, "Be, be careful to show hospitality to strangers, lest you entertain an angel unaware." And Abraham—I mean, the first—the first guy that I see sh- like showing hospitality in the scripture in a huge way—and um, and there may have been others. The results were life, and not only just life, but the the promise of God through Abraham, who is in Jesus's genealogy. I mean, is it possible that his hospitality to these three guys actually produced the Messiah, Jesus, who in Matthew one one is called the son of David, the son of Abraham? It's a remarkable thing. We could talk about some others, but bro, throughout scriptures, everywhere you see hospitality, you see life.
1: Well, and you know, we we can bear that out in our own life, Scott. When you we, we go somewhere and someone treats us hospitably, <laughs> it produces something in us. And we know the difference between when it's put on yeah, and we know the difference when it's the overflow of someone's yeah. Life. It's a delight to them to yeah. do it. Versus, it's kind of like the proverbial. My mama said, "I have to." It's kind of like saying. <laughs> right. It's like when your parents, you know, make you apologize to your sibling, and you go and say, "Sorry." You know, it's like that. Yeah, y- you said the words, but it was definitely not in your heart. Right. So we know the difference. Everybody knows the difference. We've all experienced that at different times, and we know what it's like. When someone genuinely delights in wow. looking after our well-being, it wow. does produce something in us, and so that makes a lot of sense to me.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a remarkable thing. And when I look, I mean, in the book of Romans, there's a, an amazing verse that I have opened right now that I want to read. It's Romans twelve thirteen. Listen to this verse. It says, uh, starting at verse 9, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, and cling to what is good, and then It it talks about these things that I've heard preached about. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not lagging behind in diligence. Be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, and then this crazy two words, practicing Hospitality. I see Romans 12 as a very key practical chapter, ultimately in Israel's salvation, which ushers in the return of the Lord. But let's put that aside for a second. Why is it as important to practice hospitality As it is to be fervent in spirit. There's something about hospitality, especially in the New Testament. It's written about, it has to be a quality of an elder. If you look in Timothy, if you look, if you look in the pastoral epistles, it's it it has to be a quality in a widow who's to receive funds from the church. She's someone who was supposed to show hospitality. So what does it mean? To practice hospitality, I just want to say this and then turn it back over to you. That word practice in Greek is the word dioko. If if you were spelling it in English, it would be D-E-E-O-K-O, and it means to pursue, but also to persecute. So when Christians were being persecuted, believers were being persecuted. Wow. They were being diochode like by Saul. He would dioco, He would chase after them wow. until he caught them. So th- that holds a little bit of a negative connotation, but there's also a positive connotation that you strive after something to receive it. I'm reminded when I was younger, I used to see these police chases uh, in California. You know, we're interrupting this you know, this program to show you a chase that's going on in California and boom, you know, you're watching a chase from a helicopter camera of this, these guys that are trying to outrun policemen there. The policemen are de Wow! the car. They're chasing after it. And Nathan, no matter how hard these guys tried to ran, run away, the policemen always got them. You know, they're laying out nails on the freeway. Right. They're running after them. These guys are going off road now and the, the cars are chasing them. But really, when you quote unquote practice hospitality, you chase after it like these police guys are chasing after, you know, the 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 criminal. You don't stop until you get it. And as believers, I believe that we don't just—we're not called just to do it like you say because we're we have to. Right. We need to chase after it in the same way that we're chasing after the Lord, because the Lord, by the way, is the ultimate Mister. Hospitable. Man. He you can't find anyone more hospitable than the Lord. He would go to great depths to save one of us. How much more should we be practicing hospitality and chasing after it? And I believe, bro, that it's not just a gift that some people have. Some people say, Oh, this person has the gift of hospitality. Yeah. Bro, it's not a gift. It's something that we're all called to chase after. You may be listening and say, "Oh well, I'm, I don't, I don't have a house to house people, or I don't have money to pay for people." I really believe that hospitality starts. In our hearts, when we're looking after the needs of others, where their needs are more important than our own needs. That's who the Lord is. And I believe that as we seek ways to be hospitable to others, God will supernaturally and divinely bless us.
1: I mean, it truly is a countercultural thing, right? I mean, we see um, in Genesis. Right, I, am I my brother's keeper? Right, that, well, that's the excuse come on that Cain has, right? So, um, hey, I don't know where my brother is, that's, th- that's not my problem. Yeah. he's a grown man, he can yeah. take care of himself. Yeah. Why are you asking me about it? So, the fact that God would ask at all implies that he that we are to a degree our brother's keeper, right? yeah, we are, right? He's asking, yes, and so, um, it definitely is countercultural, but I love that you touched on this whole idea, it's easy for people to deflect and say well scott obviously if i had a better job i would be more hospitable yeah cuz i would have more money a lot of times we equate it with money or right. a resource um That's not what you're talking about. You're talking about an attitude, a spirit, an outlook, a view—the way you see people and the way you see God. Yeah. um, Maybe unpack that for some, because again, they're listening. They're saying, "Yeah, uh, I I hate my house. I don't want to have anybody over because it's dirty." (laughs) Or, you know, I think about myself, man. So many times, for the longest time, we had a couch—a pleather couch. You know, (laughs) make sure I'm really clear. We weren't cool enough to have leather. We had pleather, and uh, it was all cracked. And so my kids thought it would be really neat. To just explore the nice. cracks and the pleather, nice, right? Nice. And so then it just kind of peeled, <laughs> and it really it was it was just like orange peels everywhere, except it was this dark pleather <laughs> plastic everywhere. And you're just kind of humiliated, and the last thing you want to do is have people over and sit on your couch and like get a paper cut from the mm. plastic edges, <laughs> or to be like, man, like, do you guys raise ferrets? Or like, what's happening? Like, oh why is your couch? Gosh. Why is your couch look so uh, horrible? But and I remember the Lord challenging me. Yeah. To be like, yes, yeah, so is that a bigger deal right. than their well-being, right. right? So to the person that's you know, meditating on all they don't have right
2: now yeah. and all they can't do, yeah. what do you say to that? What I would say to it is very, very simply this... Watch what happens when we get out of that mentality. You're talking about a worldly mentality. There is a worldly mentality am I My Brother's Keeper. That worldly mentality is contrasted by a kingdom mentality that says, I'm going to open up my doors and welcome people in. Think about this. When Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them out without any extra money. He sent them out without any extra clothing. You know, don't, don't pack any clothing. Don't pack more than one set of sandals. Don't bring any money in your belt. And you go to the towns near and far. And when people welcome you in, you go in and you tell them the kingdom of God has come today. Uh, if they don't welcome you in, shake the dust off, their, off your feet. Right. And isn't it interesting, Nathan, that he was sending them out to see who would be hospitable to his sons so that he would know where he could go and and literally bring the kingdom. We have an opportunity to see the kingdom of God come in our neighborhoods by opening up our homes. We might not be able to feed them a filet mignon meal, but what if we opened up our house just to provide some water for people? Say, sit down at my table. Let's talk. Let's get to know each other. Throughout scripture, I mean it blows me away. Jesus himself, Matthew 25, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Well, Lord, when were you hungry? This is the parable of the sheep and the goats. When were you hungry? Ah, inasmuch as much as you've done it to the least of these brothers of mine, you've done it to me. We have no idea how we can touch the Lord's heart when we feed or clothe or house or give a glass of water to someone. Those are the kinds of things that I think impress Jesus way more than healing, way more than miracles, way more than large crusades. And I'm not saying that any of those things are wrong. Sure. But many are going to come to him in that day and say, Lord, we've done this, we've done the Depart from me, I never knew you is going to be his response. He's not impressed by miracles, but he is moved by when our character aligns with his. And hospitality is one area that I think is often overlooked. To our detriment, because when we grab hold of the truth and the reality of what comes out of showing hospitality, man, we're going to be looking for the next person to invite to our home.
1: Man, that's, it's so big, Scott, and I think you know, so often what limits us or keeps us is a self-focus. Yes. Right? It's even my story about my couch. I wasn't looking at the potential of blessing those people with the privilege of being around my family or with the privilege of having a place knowing that maybe it's not perfect, maybe it's not awesome, but it's what we have and we wanna make it available. And when I have my eyes on me, it's so easy to play the comparison game Mm. because I look and say, well, I can't do what so-and-so can do or I don't have the resources that... um, As opposed to, hey, you know what I do have, I wanna use it and do something with. So Scott, for, for someone who's stuck... They're like, okay, yeah, neat talk, great idea, glad you're so hospitable. And it really is true. I mean, for those of you that haven't met Scott yet, one, I can't wait for you to meet Scott. It's going to happen at some point because uh, he's everywhere. But um it, I have run into so many people and or Scott and his wife, Beth, will introduce me to someone and say, Nathan, Nathan, have you met so-and-so? And And I'll meet them and they'll say, yeah, we lived with Scott and Beth for a while. Oh, my gosh. Like that's happened at least four or five times, (laughs) and I'm not exaggerating. Uh, And I love that because this is not a concept. This is not something you read somewhere. Uh, I've seen it in your life, and that's why I wanted you to share. For the person who feels stuck uh, or the person who says – I don't even know how to start with all of that. Yeah. But what's a great concept for them? Well, what would help them shift their gaze?
2: Romans twelve thirteen says to practice it or pursue it. I think, I think we might be stuck because we're not pursuing it. It might be a second thought or an afterthought or a no-thought. What if we started looking for people? invite to our home. You know, it's so easy to show up in a church on a Sunday, church building, and walk out and go home. What if believers started doing what we did in the early church, where we went from house to house together? It's not the quality of the food you serve. It's not the abundance or how nice your couch is. It's a heart. Let's start Pursuing it and watch how we fall in love. You start pursuing something, you're going to fall in love with it, especially when you realize that it's God who's saying to pursue it. So, number one, I would say start pursuing it, start looking. Number two, just start praying Lord, allow my paths to cross with people who I can show biblical hospitality too. You know, it's remarkable. Biblical hospitality was entertaining and treating strangers like an honored guest. You can walk into a Bedouin tent today in Israel, Nathan, and the first thing that, and we're not talking about believers. We're talking about unsaved people. They're going to serve you tea. They're they're not even going to ask why you're there. They don't have to ask while you're there until you're there for three days because it's part of their culture to show hospitalities. It's a little bit more of a nomadic kind of lifestyle. We need, we need, to, we need to get that going in the church. We build fences around our house. We have multiple locks on our doors. We need to be pursuing and praying, Lord, Show me, who can I show hospitality to? And I think that we will be blown away. For for those who don't know how to find it, it will find you when you start pursuing it and when you start praying for it. And I flat out guarantee this. If If a prostitute named Rahab can be named among the men and women of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 because she showed hospitality Come and on, she man. and her family are spared. What can't God do for you and for me, those of us who love the Lord and are living, trying by, by God's grace to live holy lives? What will be said of us when we open up our house to people who need to be shown love and affection?
1: Scott, I love this so much. I could hear you talk, listen to you talk about this all day. And uh, I know you've got more. I did not know this. This is Hand to Heaven, true story. When I reached out to you and said, man, let's record a podcast together. Uh, I told you, man, I'd love you to share on hospitality. I did not know because you just told me this, yeah, right? Is this yeah. a true story? I, I did not know you are currently writing a book on this. So yes. me, talk about that for a second.
2: Yeah, really, really quickly. I'm three chapters in. If you're listening to this, please pray for me because I don't consider myself a writer. But I know that this is a message that must go out. Personally, if I saw a book entitled Hospitality on the counter or in a bookstore, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy it. So I'm really trying to figure out what is the hook line for people to get this. But really, hospitality is the pathway to life. It's the pathway to the kingdom. That's what I'm writing about. We're talking about all the men and women in scripture who showed hospitality and what the results were. And we're also talking about how Jesus can't return until his church is showing hospitality to those that they're biblically called to show hospitality to. I've never heard a message on this in my life. I feel like it's a revelation from heaven. And um, I'm in the middle of writing it, Nathan, and I, I bless you for telling all of these people about it. Please be praying for me and look for the book within the next six or eight months.
1: Yeah, man, I, I'm so excited about it. For those of you that don't know, he wrote um, Jesus Was Not a Christian. Yes. And uh, that's connected to the ministry that you run together for Israel. Um, Scott, thank you so much. Mm. One, for being my friend. Yeah. I have experienced Scott Volk hospitality on numerous occasions, <laughs> and uh, I hope I've learned a thing or two from you in the process. But just appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on and talking.
2: Thanks about for us. having me. I'm, I feel very honored. <laughs>
0: Nathan, I'm so moved by the two questions that Scott asked. Why practice hospitality and why be fervent in spirit? I'm reminded of when I visited Israel and our our leader of our tour gave an illustration. And she said this. She said, God has given us an illustration of life through the Sea of Galilee. And here it is. The Jordan River flows out of the mountain. It goes down. There's an opening into the beginning of the Sea of Galilee there in Galilee. And then there's a release. And the Jordan River continues to flow all the way down to the bottom of Israel to the Dead Sea. Right. So as I hear Scott talking about this, here's what I'm here's what I'm reminded of. She said the Jordan River gives and flows into the Sea of Galilee. So Galilee receives, right. and then Galilee releases. And in the middle is life. In the middle are are an abundance of fish, an abundance of life and plants and people and industry there gathering. And I can't help but to think during this conversation to think about us as the church, the people of God, and our desperate need to receive the flow of the love of God and to release it for both. In the middle, man, there's an abundance when we're receiving and releasing. Man, I think you've
1: nailed it because it is so true that same river flows through Galilee and then to the Dead Sea, and the Dead Sea has no outlet, right. right. So there's nothing living there. exactly. And I think what what you're hitting is so important and what Scott was covering this idea of hospitality, how we treat people, how we view people. And quite honestly, Justin, it's not just how we see people. A lot of it has to do with how we see ourselves. Yes. When we lower the ceiling on ourselves a little bit, yeah. because we're like, well, I don't have a lot of talent or I don't have a lot of resource or I don't know. You know, I talked about my couch and not, mm-hmm. you know, I was so self conscious. And at the end of the day, man, I remember having meaningful times, people praying, kneeling on the floor, and I'm focused on the couch. You know what I'm saying? Like right. what the loser, but that's just something that I that I struggle with, and so it's a good reminder: life in, life out. Mm. When we release what we have, mm-hmm. and hospitality is definitely that, and it goes beyond just having somebody at your house or inviting them to stay, or like Scott and Beth have people live with them all the time, which I think is amazing, right? Incredible. So amazing. Um. But it's really being hospitable with what you have. It can be as simple as your smile, right? Yeah, man, take pick your head up, quit looking at your feet everywhere you walk. You know what I'm saying? And smile at somebody. I mean, honestly, just telling somebody that they did a good job telling your waiter, your waitress, the man. I mean, literally, I'm that guy. This is no exaggeration. You can ask my wife. I'm that guy. Every time the garbage truck comes around for collection, if I'm anywhere close, I'd go outside and I wave and I say, hey, to the garbage man. Here's the thing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I love that they do their job because yeah. it benefits us in a major way. Yeah. And truth is, we can kind of just let life happen and not pay a lot of attention because we just expect, well, this is supposed to happen and people are supposed to do things when we will stop for a moment look people in the face and say you matter mm. I see you mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. value to what you do and who you are you're not just something in my day you're not a speed bump in my day you yeah, know yeah. at the very basic the very minimum that is hospitable and yeah. I believe we shine the love of Jesus when we do that so I, I think you're nailing it ma'am
0: Yes. I think that is the best view in town here to shift to Dioco, to pursue, to look for opportunities. I love that story about the garbage man. That means you woke up that morning looking for an opportunity to bless someone, to thank someone that you're benefiting from to give back. And what a challenge that you and Scott have given us today through the conversation. I absolutely loved it. I hope today that uh, we all start looking and start praying As Scott said, I think this is something that our culture today needs a breakthrough in to limit the self-focus, to flip it, and to shift into an outward focus through a smile, through buying a cup of coffee, through a meal, through so right where we are. So good, Justin.
1: I I totally agree, man. And uh, I want to see it more in my life, and I want to see it more in our world around us.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today on the Best View in Town podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We would love to get better connected with you, and here's a way you can do that. Go to thebestviewintown.com. Nathan releases weekly blogs every Monday. We have new podcast episodes every Wednesday. You can also visit nathanwesleysmith.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. We also have links in the show notes, links to Scott's ministry, Together for Israel. You can also connect with Scott, with Nathan, on social media. We'd love to get connected with you. Thanks again for joining us today on The Best View in Town with Nathan Wesley Smith and Friends. We'll see you next time.